<laughs> you know what time it is. Jaman. Jaman. Welcome to the Cali High Podcast. This is your host, Jenzo Nico, and I've been a cannabis connoisseur for 50 years. On the Cali High Podcast, we will talk all things cannabis as they relate to California and beyond. From the history of buds in the state to the laws that now govern its use notable personalities in cannabis and how they shape the industry in California and the world. To growing personally and professionally, indoor and outdoors, from flowers to concentrates, edibles to topical cannabis creams, and the people behind the scenes. Reports from dispensaries, cultivators, medical patients, historical documents, and of course, recreational users. Okay. Why are we listening to this? We're listening to this because this week we have a very special guest. His name is Richard Daly. He's the bass player from Third World, and this is Third World we're listening to right now. Oh, it's cool. Yeah. Stuff. Their latest album, More Work to Be Done, produced by Damian Marley. Wow. One of the best albums of 2019. It was nominated for a Grammy. You're not the only one. Now, you know the bass player for this band. I know the bass player. What's I actually met the guitar player, too. I know him. And what's his name? Well, the, you, the, the interview. The interviewee is Richard Daly. He's the amazing bass player from Third World. I've known him for 44 years. We met wow. on Sunset Boulevard. Cool. The year after I got back from Jamaica, hmm. and uh, I noticed he had dreadlocks. Both of those guys did, Cat and Richie. We were at the Source on Sunset. I remember that place. Yeah, it was a health food restaurant. It was really cool. Anyway, so I'm like, hey, you guys Rastafarians from Jamaica? And they're like, yeah. And then I'm like, do you want to come over and smoke a spleef? And they're like, yeah. And then we went over to my house in Laurel Canyon, and we smoked a spleef. And then they're like, hey, do you want to go listen to my album, our album? And I'm like, yeah. And they took me down to Island Records at Genesee and Sunset and played the first Third World album, the green one, self-titled. Nice. And I was completely blown away. And after that, I played it for my friends. Mm. And they all were blown away. It became yeah. a cult classic in the Valley. So that's the interview for this week. That is the interview for this week. Yep. And I'm so stoked. It's Probably one of the best interviews we've had. 
Should I say that? Yeah. Would that make the other interviewees jealous? No, I don't think so. All right. But this is definitely our first yes. over-the-phone interview. Our first over-the-phone interview, our first in-quarantine interview, and our first musical guest. Mm-hmm. Let's hear from Richard Daly. Today, Callie High is honored and blessed to be speaking with Richard Daly, founding member of Third World, old friend Boy. of mine and amazing bass player. Thank you. You're welcome, Richie. How are you? I'm good, thanks. In spite of the present situation of things, I'm good. Yeah. Well, we're all in the same boat, it seems like. Of course. I want to thank you for being Cali High's first musical guest. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Since the rest of the band isn't here, Richie, could you tell us their names and a bit of their history? All right. Well, you introduced myself already, which is Richard Daly, bass player since 1973. Stephen Cat guitarist, cello player and singer, and founder of Third World, Stephen Cat And presently, we have a lead vocalist by the name of A.J. Brown, who was, um, came into the band after Bunny Ruggs, our initial lead singer, passed away. We have Maurice Gregory on keyboard and um, Norris Webb on another keyboard and a drummer for many years, Lenworth Ruption Williams. Yes, that's the present lineup. Well, it's a great band. How is this coronavirus affecting your touring schedule? It has wiped out everything that was on the tabletop thus far. You know, uh-huh. everything, even uh, all our tours in Europe and um, festivals that's been planned from last year. They're totally not even postponed. They're canceled. Canceled. Yeah. That must be a, a, a little bit different for you. Yeah, it is totally. Yeah. So I want to talk about the band's latest amazing album. But before we do, I want to ask you a little bit about reggae, a bit of reggae history that you encounter part of, just to give our listeners a bit of perspective. And I'm talking about the Smile Jamaica concert, which was scheduled a few days after Bob Marley got shot in Kingston, Jamaica. I believe Third World was part of that show? Yes, because what I'm, we were scheduled to play before Bob Marley. And um, mm-hmm. he was in rehearsal like on a Thursday night, and the rehearsal supposed, the show was supposed to be on a Saturday night, in a place we call Heroes Park in Jamaica, where... They have statues of all the Jamaican uh, heroes from past history, like Paul Bogle, to name one mm-hmm. or two, and several people who have been prominent in the Jamaican history of standing up for the people's rights and doing great work. A fitting place for the concert. Yeah, we were supposed to perform in this concert, and there's a, a whole lot of political unrest that was taking place in Jamaica at the time. And some people went there, gunmen went there, and just randomly started to shoot up in the rehearsal room through a window, you know? Oh, wow. Bob Marley got shot. Don Taylor's manager got shot. And I don't think anyone else was hit. Rita Marley? I don't think she was there, but even if she was there, she didn't get, she didn't get hurt. Uh-huh. Anyway, fortunately, nobody died. Because I don't think it is a direct execution. I mean, if you fire a gun into through a window, 
you must expect to kill someone, but they didn't target like say let's aim at Bob Marley, kill him. Mm-hmm. And if they were planning to do that, they went about it very clumsy. Mm-hmm. You know, because um they didn't show their face or their images. They just put the gun through the window and started to fire. You know? Yeah. Not cool. Anyway, these was it me, you know, we said there was a big um discussion whether or not the concert should take place, yes or no. Well, needless to say, and rightly so, half of the band, or more than half of the band, was totally terrified. I bet. They did, yeah, they didn't want to go on an open stage unprotected or something where the security level was not that high. And it, these are, mm-hmm. you know, we went there, we performed as Third World, then we went on stage and backed Bob Marley at the time, accompanying on his songs. You know, so that's what that's the way it was. So you guys be you guys became the backup band for Bob? Yes, we did. And how we did it, we bring a cluster of people around Bob Marley. Like we didn't leave him on the open stage. Other friends and people just crowd around him while he was singing. So if that's really anyone, cool. If anyone wanted to take a shot at him shot at him, it wouldn't have prevailed. So anyway, the concert went down well. I just smiled Jamaica, and he did that song, Smile, you're in Jamaica now, which was a big hit. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's the story of Smile, Jamaica, and Third World and Bob Marley back in the 70s. Well, that's definitely a bit of history we'll never forget. Yeah. Thank you for talking about that. Um, this last year... 2019, I think, was a great year for the band. You recorded More Work to Be Done, a great new album produced by Damon Marley. Yes. Um, There's a lot of great guest artists on the album, from Chronix, Taurus Riley, and even Damien himself on You're Not the Only One, in which he mentions you first in the intro. Uh, Uh, how did you hook up with Damien as a producer for this? Well, Damien Marley grew up in, almost grew up in Cat used to take him to school and to music lessons because his son, Shia Core, mm-hmm. went to school together with Damien and live in the same neighborhood. So, and, and now he's the bass player for Damien as well, right? Right. And they also went to the same school with my kid. So they all grew up together. Right? Yeah. Um, Cat used to drive him to music lessons reluctantly, which he didn't want to go, but... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it paid off. So, the first time he ever ever recorded was in a little home studio Cat had at home. Uh Uh-huh. And that's that's his first thing. Then now Cat's wife, which is Shai's mother, formed a band called The Shepherds, and Damien was one of the lead vocals in the band alongside Shia Cole. Yeah, they were, he wasn't playing bass or, they, you know, they were just two persons in the band who used to do vocals. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a start for them and for him. And the rest is us history, you know. He's a close yeah. family. Then he expressed to his mother, which is um, Cindy Great Spear. Uh-huh that he would love to record with his uncles, and that's what he calls us. When he sees us, we work together. We call him Uncle Rich and Uncle Yeah, He's our uncle. 
Well, that's I, the the album is amazing. I gotta say, um, how did you how did you choose the guest artist? And what was the process for? Damien suggested them, and we like given full autonomy to do mm -hmm. this album. You know, any any decision about songs, whether it should or shouldn't, we gave them authority to do so. So he suggested they are the guest artist. If we did not like whosoever he cho chose, he would have not bothered with it. For many years, they have worked with produce. We have not worked with producers. You know, we have yeah, you produced your own albums, right? Thing. So this is the first time I said, listen, we're going to give him the steering wheel for him to control. Mm -hmm. you know? so, well, it's a great album. Do you have a favorite song on the album? It keeps changing. It's it keep does changing keep changing. Every time, you know? <laughs> right now, I'm into the track called More Work To Be Done. Yeah. That's my favorite. Well, you know, I think the whole album is, is just amazing. Each song... Is really good, and I've had the uh, same experience. One yeah. song becomes my favorite, then the next one, uh, and of course, I really love uh, more work to be done. Sheep in meadows, a people of a different color. What a great mm -hmm. song! Do you have uh, what were some of your, or who were some of your early musical influences? My musical influence came from all over the world, like Curtis Mayfield. Mm -hmm. the Family Stone, Bob Marley, and a whole Absolutely. host of Jamaican artists that outside of Jamaica people that might not know yet. Mm -hmm. Heaven forbid, the Abyssinians. The first album yeah. we did featured an Ab Abyssinian track called Satamasa Ghana. Yeah, you did that on your first album. Yeah, and then we did In Maskan and this album. In Maskan, yeah. It's, I love that song. It reminds me of the first album. Right. Well, great admiration from Abyssinians. Yeah, me too. What kind of bass are you currently playing? I'm playing a bass called Klein. Klein? Yeah. It was made by a Californian bass maker and guitar girl. Mm -hmm. His name is Klein. Very cool looking bass. Yeah. What kind of amp do you use? Gone on the days when I used to travel. Mm-hmm. Of the list of five. You see, you know, we go to concerts now. It's that in the monitor. Don't travel with that anymore. And it's not of such great importance. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it says, like, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds great. Your bass playing is solid. Thank you. <laughs> All, always, bro. Hey, uh, going back 40-odd years, back to the days when you were on Island Records, I believe I read somewhere that Chris Blackwell had you opening up for Bob Marley and the Whalers. On its, on its first world tour. Yeah. The first world tour. How were those early days, and how was working for Chris Blackwell? Well, it was our first recording contract, and it was it took place in England, in London, at... Um, in Ladbroke Grove Studios, and he came and um, said he came um, to some little clubs we were playing during the lunch, some little lunchtime club, fifty seaters. But we had gone to England in 1975, trying to get established. So we were playing clubs in the daytime, lunchtime, which we weren't even getting paid for. 
because we wanted mm. exposure. So we'd play for free. So one day, Chris Blackwell was sitting in a club listening to us and said we should come to St. Peter's School to the studio tomorrow and talk to him. And we did. And we ended up in a contract with Island Records. Well, that was a great album, that first album. I will never forget it. So Third World is known as the world's reggae ambassadors, justly deserving because you guys are the longest continuously playing reggae band. So as... In a circle, too. We can't leave, we can't leave out in a circle. They have, they've been around, too. They're one. Who has? In a circle. Oh, Inner Circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. wasn't that... You know them. That was your first band, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, all the members of Third World came out of Inner Circle. All right. Amazing. So... So we're not necessarily the longest-standing reggae band. We're one of the longest-standing reggae band. Mm -hmm. I see. Okay. But you are the reggae ambassadors. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. And as one of the two original members of the band, what would you like to say to your fans at this time? You know, I don't know how the hell we could have done this without you. Yeah, we we have some loyal fans. Yes. And they have been very supportive over the years, through thick or thin. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate that. I appreciate that. Can't do it without fans. No. And you've been a big inspiration to them as well, as well as myself. I, you know, even though that you are my first musical guest, the podcast is cannabis-centered. And I wanted to ask yes. just one question. Is cannabis legal in Jamaica these days? Yes, to a degree. A certain amount is legal for you to be carrying. I can't remember the amount it is, but it is legal mm-hmm. to that, that extent. You cannot walk in the street and smoke it, but you can um, be in possession of three ounces, I think it is, and that's legal. No stores? Not yet. Not yet. No. Well, have, have you, you smoked, smoked any of the Jamaican weed recently? Recently, um, no, I have not because I haven't been there recently. Yeah. Well, but, um, I, I remember I was told a story about lamb's bread. Yeah. And this Rastafarian named Reeford Ward, he said he would take the top six inches off the plant and put it back in the ground after it had just started budding. And then it would turn into a big cola. And that was what he called lamb's bread. Anyway. Hey, um, in 2012, I got to hang out with you guys a bit before your show at the Hollywood Bowl. Right. And Bunny Ruggs was there. Cool. And then when I saw you six months later in Agura, you had a new singer. And I was stunned to find out Bunny had died. Right. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about Bunny? You know, Bunny Ruggs is the foundation. When I say he's not the first singer, but we refer to him as a foundation singer. Mm-hmm. He defined what the third world sound was vocally, you know? Yeah. He came into the band in 1976, 77, mm-hmm. when we were in New York touring. And I remember past, walking past him in a, in a hotel hallway and thing. And he had an acoustic guitar with him and started singing. And he said to me, he has to be into this band. He has to get into this band, you know? 
Yeah. I laughed at the time because I thought we were pretty much settled. But soon thereafter, he became a member. Long story, but he became a member. And a yeah. lot of things just started to develop because he was the right person, the right combination. He was with you guys for three or four decades? Yes. Yeah. yeah. From 1976 to 2014. Yeah. Well, rest in peace, Bunny Rugs. Yeah, man. There will never be another like him. No. For us, guys. But uh, I do like A.J. Brown. Yes, he's, he's a brilliant he's, singer. He is a brilliant singer. Yeah. My son was blown away when he sang Partiro, a bit of an opera. Yes. And he wanted me to tell you to tell AJ. How old is he? He loves his voice. How old is your son now, man? He's seven. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, he, and he's identifying with that. Cool. Oh, yeah. He's seen you guys a few times. Damien Marley three times and some of the other Marley brothers, Steven, we saw at the Roxy and Ziggy at the bowl, but uh, he's a big reggae fan. And uh, he, he's looking forward to meeting you guys. Next time you come to town, you're invited over to the backyard, to the house. Yeah. <laughs> looking forward to it. Yeah. So I want to thank you so much, Richie, for doing this for us. And uh, give my best to Cat and the rest of the band. Yes, we'll do. All righty, bro. This is Richard Daly, bass player for Third World. I remember, it's Kali, it's got to be I. Excellent, bro. Yeah. What a great show, huh? Really cool. I want to thank Richard Daly of Third World. And right now we're listening to one of the songs off their new album called More Work to Be Done. This song is called People of a Different Color. We work, we toil, we play. We bleed, we grieve, we fight. No matter where we come from, this is my assumption. We should have the whole band in here next time to do like a live show or something. What do you think? Well, that's the way we were going to do it. Remember, we were supposed to be the Hillhauser yeah. of cannabis, you know? Yeah. And we were going to go and interview the whole band, but then this whole virus thing. Well, yeah. Phone's better than nothing, bro. What? This could be our best in... Uh, sorry. To all you previous interviewees. But this was a great interview. It, it was a good interview. You don't talk to bass players usually when there's a drum solo going on. I don't know what that means. I'm just talking. <laughs> there's some... Yeah. yeah, it's like you're just out there, bro. I know. It's been a rough week. But, you know, when you listen to reggae music, it just it makes it all go away, don't it? Bro, you don't know how much reggae music has meant to me. Why don't you tell us? We fall, we Oh, she's tearing up. <laughs> That's right. He is a Rastafari in the valley, man. Hey, it's hard to speak. 
Yeah. It is. What an honor. Especially with the music going on like this. Yeah. You just want to listen. You don't want to talk. It's anyway, like, no, I do want to talk. Oh, what do you want to say? <laughs> I just want to say that reggae has meant to me something that gave inner peace at times when inner peace was what was needed most. Yeah, how can you feel bad listening to this stuff, you know? You feel good. Positive messages. Yeah. And the bass. Dig the bass, man. Dig the bass. I can see I stand free. With unity we have so many possibilities. And I've got so but, but wait a minute. What does reggae music have to do with cannabis anyway? You never think of those two things together, do you? Well, Normally? No, you have to connect reggae to the Rastafari, I believe. Oh. And? And then what? When you do, part, I think of the Rastafari philosophy has cannabis as a medicine embedded in the culture. So they're smart people, is that what you're saying? Enlightened. Very enlightened. We can learn from reggae cultures. Absolutely. I have been for longer than most people around here that have been around. Yeah. What the hell? Ready? Well, that was episode seven. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Stay well. <laughs> Destroy the fucking machine, dude. It just broke. <laughs> we don't have it's, insurance for that. No, it just broke. It's a virus. It's taking over. It's the machine. <laughs> Machine just sneezed. <laughs>